On this episode of Round the 3x3, Patrick Fetch and I discuss all the NBA playoff action. We give a full preview of the first round, minus the 1-8 matchups, and then we dive into conference finals, champions, and our picks to lift the Larry O'Brien Trophy with the NBA play-in tournament going on. We touch on that at the top of the show as well with the Los Angeles Lakers outlasting the Golden State Warriors 103-100 in what was the most watched game on ESPN in almost two years. Patrick Fetch, Russ Heldman, coming at you on Riding the 3 by 3 You can go ahead and subscribe, rate, and review on Google, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Go ahead and give us a download and subscription, all that good stuff. You know what to do. Let's roll in to lane number one. Riding the 3 by 3 We're live here on Facebook and Twitter. Joined with my co-host, Patrick Fetch. Got a beautiful ambiance May evening setting behind him here. In, uh, in the great state of, or great state of Ohio, obviously, the city of Cincinnati. So I'm joining him from Toledo. Soon to be in Cincinnati, though, just a couple weeks, Pat. Seemingly, though, before we get into the NBA and the full playoff preview, which is going to be the meat of this podcast, Red suffered a brutal, brutal defeat today, and uh, we're licking our wounds from that. But we did have a great NBA play in uh, living up to the hype game last night with the Los Angeles Lakers. Let's skip past the Reds. We already talked about it pre-show. I don't want to get too much more into it. It was tough to watch against the Giants over the last four or so days. But LeBron James last night, Pat, that was incredible. What we saw the Los Angeles Lakers just weathering through the defensive stalwart that that has become the Golden State Warriors and uh, the Steph Curry, Draymond Green-led plucky team. Got the job done. I wanted to see a little bit more Anthony Davis, but LeBron James comes in. First real meaningful game off of that uh, high ankle sprain and drops a triple-double that, weirdly enough, Pat, will not count in NBA history technically because they aren't putting any of these stats towards the record book for some reason. <laughs> That's a pretty strange little caveat there that this one little play-in game doesn't count to your overall yeah, stats. Like, That's pretty silly. I guess it's because they haven't finalized the play-in format going forward, so they don't want to add it as part of postseason stats just yet, but – you got to imagine, like, once they, they're going to finalize this going forward, the Lakers won. There's no need to worry about doomsday scenarios with LeBron and the Lakers not being in the playoffs. They gave us a great game. The highest rated game, Pat, 5.6 million viewers last night. Highest rated game for ESPN since 2019. So the powers that be, they love to see that. They love What's seeing that? that. We even mentioned it before, though, the whole play in that if the Lakers were in it, it might be the most watched game of the entire playoffs, especially if they were to have lost that game. And they got the Warriors matchup added into that. It was that, close. LeBron. <laughs> it was a great game as well. Yeah, it was an absolutely awesome game. I, I was on the Warriors side. We talked about it. I really – I mean, mm-hmm. they just didn't have enough. We clearly didn't know that Ubre was going to be out. So that was sort of a pie in the face on our side. But uh, I was, it was oh, a great Ubre's game. Ubre's been out, on. Pat. Ubre's been out. He's been, he's, been, he's been out for a little bit. As he – well, I didn't know that. I, I for sure <laughs> Um, he's been out for about two weeks. Yeah, he's been on the he's been on the injury report, but uh, but, but yeah, Andrew Wiggins tried to come through. I said the Andrew Wiggins game, Pat. His uh his performance last game. night pretty good on on offense and defense. And to me, I like what I saw. Andrew Wiggins. We'll see if they can uh, carry that momentum against the Grizzlies. But man, LeBron James too much to handle, especially in that final minute with the prayer three point shot. That when asked about what his thoughts were going into the chuck it up end of shot clock. Uh, three-pointer, LeBron James just responds, I practice very hard at my crafts. And uh, basically it's intimated that he expected that to go on all along because why wouldn't he, Pat? He's LeBron James. 
It was really weird just watching this game, though, because LeBron didn't seem to have the same explosion that no, you know, maybe he's just right. getting maybe he's just getting older, right? Maybe it's the ankle, but it isn't the same LeBron that I've been watching my whole life. At least that wasn't last night. The whole game felt slower. Obviously, the Warriors not having Klay Thompson being at full strength made their whole dynamic look a little bit off. So it was it was so strange because especially. Steph and LeBron having carried the league on their back over the last five years, championing the best teams in the league. You always expect the most elite matchups with those two guys. I think it'll be fun to see the rest of the playoff teams and how they look on the court, the type of speed, explosiveness, type of energy. Maybe the, the, the Suns, right? When, when yeah, we I mean, get, up, yeah. get to that matchup. And maybe it's just the Lakers are going to be who they are with two incredibly elite players. Anthony Davis will rise to the occasion, and they're just going to control pace, control the tempo, control the energy of the game. But maybe not. Maybe there's going to be some young legs that can take advantage of what seemed like a little bit of a depleted side on both of these. Uh, I don't know what exactly it was that I was seeing, but the game just felt a little bit slower. I mean, these are two of the older teams. At least the Lakers are definitely, I think, the oldest team in the NBA, right? So it'll be mm-hmm. – uh, I think it'll be really fun to see some of these other young teams really try to find their groove, find their pace, and uh, see if the Lakers can keep up with the movement and just the changing parts that will be happening in so many other offenses around the league. Around these mm-hmm. we're going we're gonna to get to the 2-7 matchup between them and the Phoenix Suns here in a minute, but obviously kind of a clash of styles, clash of eras on that Phoenix Suns team with Chris Paul leading the charge, mostly at the top as – uh, the kind of alpha for that team, but obviously right beneath them uh, are uh, are Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton, the young one-two punch duo that Phoenix is hoping can carry them over the top either this year or in the coming years. But great game uh, all around, 103-100 victory for the Los Angeles Lakers in the 7-8 play-in matchup. Andrew Wiggins, like I mentioned, 21 points, 10 of 18 from the field, and just a whole team kind of struggled from the three-point line. Uh, in in general, the big guys that you would see, Wiggins, Curry, and uh, and the likes of that. Curry didn't struggle necessarily from the three-point line, Pat, but you, you got to think he wanted to get up more than nine triples. They kind of did a great job overall in limiting a guy in Curry who has dominated team after team, and they, they kept him under 40, which I think they had to do to make sure the Warriors had no chance to win this game. What's really just unacceptable for the Warriors is having Draymond go 0 for 5 from the field with just two points. He's an all-pro. I understand that's not his game to score, but he has to just give the team a little bit more. He was an absolute zero. Especially against that Lakers defense, right, Pat, where they're so intelligent, they switch so well, and they're so big and long. If you have a guy out there that is literally always looking to pass, it's a huge disadvantage. Absolutely. And it makes the shooters around him worse. It doesn't create as much space for Steph and all that. He needs to be drawing defenders in. I think that's when the Warriors were at their at their best is when Draymond was still a little bit of a wild card on the offensive side. He would score a little bit. You know, Maybe he does not need to take a single three-point shot for the rest of his career. That's fine. But he still needs to have at least some scoring ability, whether it's on a dribble drive, getting to the foul line, something. Because he can't just be a uh, – yeah, I don't know. It's like a, it's like a video game. I don't know what it is. Him just standing in the middle of the paint, not like a CPU. It's like a rookie yeah, CPU. Exactly, mode. exactly. It's awful to watch. Oh man! Like, and he, it's not like he didn't try at different points to do different things at all three levels of the court. He took a three, clank, went to the rim, got I think stuffed one. I saw him get stuffed once. I don't know if he got stuffed multiple times. He's just a non-factor at all levels, and especially if you can't get to the cup, Pat, which. 
uh, breaking news here in the sport of basketball, the easiest shot to shoot usually is when you're closest to the rim. If you can't make those and you can't make any threes, like you said, that's what you get, two points, and it was an astute observation by you and a real real big issue for the Warriors in their 103-100 victory. We'll see if they can get through and punch their ticket to the eighth seed matching up with the Utah Jazz, uh, but they have to stifle the Memphis Grizzlies before they can handle that. That should be a fun one. On Friday night, we got the Wizards and the Pacers tipping off here about 40 minutes from our recording session right about now with Russell Westbrook trying to redeem himself off of that 6-for-18 performance on uh, on Tuesday night in the outing against the Boston Celtics, the 50 piece, Pat, we got a big old 50 piece from Jason Tatum. He was unconscious, just hitting, he was hitting those shots where the defender puts his arms down and just leans back. And it's just like, all right, I'm not going to put my hands up because I'm going to get a foul. And and Tatum leans into him, expecting the hands to go up to get a foul and still hits the off bounce shot. He did a couple of those against Ishmith on that, in that game. And it was a really impressive performance, but overall I love the playing games, not the, like one, two, three, four, bang, 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 punch that I think we kind of are all hoping to see between these tightly contested playoff matchups. But outside of the Hornets' complete blowout, I think they all had their own special kind of intrigue. And I was I was kind of uh, impressed as we move into these playoff picks here in just a minute. We got exactly what we wanted. The NBA got exactly what they wanted. And Jason Tatum putting up the 50-burger, we talked about it. You, you talked me into the Wizards. But we did mention that the only thing that could keep the Celtics alive is Jason Tatum just undoubtedly being the best player on the court and going off and being sort of a Paul Pierce-esque wing player that takes all the shots and controls the offense exactly what he did. Didn't so, expect Bertans to be all over da- da- Jason Tatum, Pat. Didn't, didn't calculate that <laughs> into the formula. <laughs> well, that was your mistake, sir. That was our mistake. Did you see Bertans get, get sliced across the throat, goes down to the floor, basically looks like he got in a fight with a, like a like a feline <laughs> or whatever, and he's just sitting there like a dead body on the floor on the sideline. They, play, they just played without him, and then Beal hit a prayer. Beal hit a 30-footer on the same possession. Like as they played four on five with their 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 in, their in, incongruent, just unconscious teammate chilling on the uh, on the sideline. Can't, we wouldn't have gotten that without the play in Pat. We wouldn't have gotten it's that. classic. That is classic play in basketball game right there, Russ. Absolutely classic play in game. So it is classic, right? Because it's it's never happened before. It, this is this <laughs> is classic going forward. This is the this is this is the muscle car of NBA postseason right now. It's now par for the course, and I can't wait to see what we get down the line from some of these just sloppy, sloppy games. Of, I mean, some of the, uh, that Pacers game was just tough to watch. Like, uh, I'm sorry about it, but the Hornets—they looked like they didn't even want to be there. They looked like they were ready for the early vacation. Oh, they didn't. The it was Borrego, James Borrego, the coach before the game, said, "Quote: We're just going to go try to out hustle them and out joy them tonight." And I was like, "Ooh, yeah, we're not a." Uh, we're, we're going to be go ahead and, and taking the uh, taking the financial services towards the Pacers side of the coin on this one because that's a dead man walking if I've ever heard one. Shout out to James Brager, though. We love you, Coach. Did a great job this season. It's an up-and-coming team. Gordon Hayward, get him in the fold. Please, knock on wood, Gordon. Can you stay healthy for a season? Sweet Jesus, as we move into the NBA playoff. We're getting off track a little bit here. But before we do that, Pat, I had to shout this out. I was not going to let this go. Tony Snell, as we ended the season – this stat has to be recorded on round three by three. Forward for the Atlanta Hawks, Tony Snell, who famously had a game, I think, four, three or four years ago with like no stats at all and like a 30 minute stint. <laughs> and this season, Pat became the first player in NBA history, I sent you this, to have a 50 50 100 season. We talk about 50 40 90s. This guy had a 50 50 100 season 
a minimum amount of 100 attempts, shot 50.9% from the field, 56.9% from three, and 100% from the free throw line. The guy has not missed a free throw, Pat, since I believe the late portion of 2019 back in that season. So Tony Snell, how about it? He's just going to keep on cashing checks, man. Shout out to Tony Snell. How many consecutive free throws is that? Do you have that stat on you? I think it was – here we go. Tony Snell last missed a foul shot on March 12th, 2019. Excuse me, I shorted him a couple months there. He's 100% from the line since then. Snell became the first player in NBA history to shoot 50%, obviously, 50% from the three and 100% for a season. So uh, I think that's like over – I think it's like 100 – he had like 111 attempts since then, something like that. It's a little over 100 uh, free throw attempts. That's pretty good. That's a respectable number right there. I think so. Right, right around that. So Tony Snell, shout out him. And uh, we are cruising along. Tony Snell, right off of that news. That's, that's the only way we do it right here on Random 3x3. Into the first round of the NBA playoffs. Cue the NBC music. We're rolling into round ball rock here. With uh, We're going to change it up. We're not going to do Western Conference, Eastern Conference. I'm going to go 4-5-3-6-2-7, Pat. And then... We could kind of touch on 1-8. I don't think we we really need to do much there. Historically, it's going to be an absolute bloodbath in those two series, especially with these teams now having to go through two extra games while the other teams have four to five days off. So starting in the Eastern Conference, though, the four to five matchup between the New York Knicks and the Atlanta Hawks. This is a pretty high up there contender ranking for me on my best series of the first round list. A lot of interesting storylines. We got the up-and-coming coach in Nate McMillan who takes over for Lloyd Pierce after they started 14-20. and 20, Goes off and wins a, right around 27 games since then. They've had one of the top five net ratings in the uh, in the Eastern Conference over that span, plus 4.5 net rating on a 27-11 and 11 record here, uh, according to Yahoo Sports. So they've had a nice come-up, Pat, but as have the New York Knicks, who have swept the season series between them and the Atlanta Hawks with Julius Randle cooking at a 38-12-7 average on the old splits there. 38 points, 12 rebounds, 7 assists. And the New York Knicks coming away victorious in all three matchups, obviously with one of the best defenses in the NBA, one of the best coaches in the NBA in Tom Thibodeau. They play together. They play hard, gritty, grind it to the brimstone type of basketball. And uh, an unheralded guy that I think needs a big shout-out, Reggie Bullock. Really uh, just fine-tuned his mechanics this year, shoots the three ball at a very high clip, and has that kind of veteran moxie that's gunning for a new contract that you love to have in these types of situations. And they have a multiple uh, they have multiple of those guys. When I mean, you look at also Derek Rose, whose floater game has been crazy this year. Overall, Pat, there's a lot of different minutia storylines in this series I think are going to be very fun, and I'm very excited to see how it all plays out. I hate that these two teams drew each other, though. Uh I would have loved to see them play more, I guess, established playoff teams. I hate that they're both sort of dipping their toe and back into the playoff pool with fun, exciting teams having to go against one another. Um, both two, both teams that are kind of ahead of schedule a little bit too, right? When you think about right. the, the, the Hawks and the Knicks, with uh, with the Knicks being the the five or the four seed and the Hawks being the five. No one on their and their mother had the Knicks being a home court advantage team in twenty twenty. Yeah, and I hate that one of these teams has to go home early, potentially. I'd love to see both of them have a chance to move on to the second round. Uh, with all that being said, you, you laid it out pretty well. Uh, the Knicks having going 3-0 against the Hawks in the regular season, I, I see that trend continuing. I think the Knicks are going to force the Hawks into a lot of tough shots, a lot of isolation, 
you know, one-on-one off the dribble type shot situations. I don't know if the Hawks have enough players uh, or enough stamina really just to get over the grind that will be going against this New York Knicks defense. Trey Young would have to be pretty insane, I think, from the three-point line. Uh, that or Lloyd, uh, or who's, is it Lloyd Pierce is the, is the coach or? Nate McMillan for the pop. Nate McMillan. Then yeah, Pierce so. got canned, Pat. We we were ripping yeah. Pierce. Get yeah, right. I, I got we I got, became I got. the idiots who ripped Pierce. So <laughs> I got my wires crossed there. But if Nate McMillan can put together a just a, a really really good offensive game plan to create a lot of motion to get the Knicks off balance, that's really the only way I can see the Hawks having a chance in this series. Because if the Knicks defense gets a chance to put their teeth into this. It's going to be ugly, ugly basketball. It's going to be a lot of ISOs, and the Hawks are going to have to turn into just shot makers, almost in the backyard, I think it's going to feel like. And it's going to be a tough way for them to win. No doubt, Pat. And people kind of been banging the drum a little bit for Trey Young and his All-NBA case over the past few weeks. But the thing for me that makes it really difficult to put him among those top 15 players is the defense. And it bears out no matter any way you slice it, especially with the on-off numbers. The Hawks, 107.8 points per per 100 possessions when Young was on the bench this season, equal to the Knicks' top four defense here, according to Yahoo. And with Young in the lineup, 5.2 points per 100 possessions worse, right around uh, 112, 113. So to me, it's it's that matchup. Can they figure out a way to make sure Trey Young isn't getting hunted left and right? I think it's very possible, but on the flip side, and a reason I think this is going to go seven games and I'm going to take the Hawks here is because with all four of, or excuse me, all five of their starting top tier caliber guys that they thought they would have right when they went in there, came out of free agency last year in Trey Young, Boyan Bogdanovich, uh, Capella, Collins, and Kevin Herter, four and one this year. They've only had those guys all together for five games. They're going to be together for the playoffs. They're all healthy. They're all clicking at the same time. And that lineup outscoring teams by 23 points per 100 possessions on a pretty minuscule sample size, 227 possessions. But that's that's substantial in my eyes. And it's it's a team that I think has a little bit of a chip on its shoulder because of uh, nobody's really talking about them. They were doubted all year long. They still haven't gotten a whole lot of love. But since uh, since Dean McMillan's taken over, this has been a really good team. And I think they have a little bit too much offense for the Hawks or for the Knicks to handle. So give me the Hawks in seven. What do you take it, Pat? You made a compelling argument. I'm going to go with the Knicks in six, even though I'd love to see the Hawks win. There's a reason I picked them as my dark horse before the season. It's because the talent they have on that roster had nothing to do with their coach, the scheme. They've just got really, really good players and they're pretty deep. So I'd like to see the Hawks at full strength and what they can do, but I'm going to go with the Knicks. I I think the way that you laid out their defensive uh, prowess, I think they're going to make a lot of tough shots on the Hawks. And so I'll, I'll go with the Knicks. We'll be on opposite sides there. Next day, minus 120 favorite on the series. So if, uh, if that tickles your fancy, go ahead and take a stab at it. Hawks plus 100. That's, that's pretty much Vegas season how we see it, Pat. Very even, very tight split between these two teams. going to be a very fun series to watch. Moving along to the 4-5 matchup in the Western Conference, we got the L.A. Clippers and the Dallas Mavericks, who the Clippers, Pat, just put on a tour de force tank job the other night with with all members of the organization involved to avoid the team they share Staples Center with. And it appears that decision is going to bear out to be correct in terms of wanting to avoid them or being able to avoid the Lakers until the conference finals. But man, if, if LeBron doesn't hit that, that dream shot three pointer last night, 
the Clippers might have been seeing the Lakers a little bit sooner, although they might not see anyone else besides the Mavericks because with Luka Doncic and this team picking a team over the last few weeks, last few months, they have uh, tried to hit their stride and hopefully going to be getting uh, a full-strength effort from this team, Pat. The Mavericks, we know what the story is. Tim Hardaway, Maxi Kleber, Jalen Brunson, Chris Stapps, Luka, they're going to spread you out. They're going to shoot it from deep. They're going to try to eviscerate you. They're 2-1 and one on the season against the Clippers. But it's like these these season records, it's almost like I shouldn't even say it because who cares? Like the one of the wins was a 51-point win back in the late December when Luka Doncic somehow carried Luka, – Fat Luka somehow carried the team to a 51-point W. But overall, cooking the Clippers this year, Pat. 30.3 points per game against L.A., 11 assists, 8.3 rebounds and three meetings. And to me, that's going to be the key matchup as it was last season. Can they find a way to stifle Luka's shooting and shooting efficiency at that? If he's hitting five to six three-pointers or four to five three-pointers per game in the series, then the, this is going to go down to the wire in almost every matchup. But if they're able to knock him out of his rhythm like they did later on in that six-game set last year, then the Clippers should be able to come away victorious. But overall, what are you seeing? What are you eyeing in this matchup as we dive into it deeper? Where when we look at the Eastern Conference, it almost it doesn't even feel like a, a playoff matchup with the four or five and the Knicks Hawks. <laughs> this one could be the Western Conference finals, right? I mean, I think a lot of people would have had this matchup slated as the Western Conference finals before the season if they were trying to make trendy picks. And so I think this is gonna line up to be an incredible series. Some of the best players in the playoffs are in this series with Luka Doncic, Kawhi, Paul George. Someone that can make the most difference makers win the most games on their own than any other players in this uh, entire playoff bracket. So I think this is going to line up to be an electric one. I don't, I don't trust the Mavs just because I don't feel like, uh, you know, I don't, I don't trust just the way that their whole entire offense feels. I think it's way too reliant on Luka Doncic just being like a 30 point triple double guy, setting up his teammates perfectly. And I think with the one-on-one defenders that the Clippers have in Kawhi and Paul George, it's just going to be way too difficult for them to be that successful in it. Uh, I think that they're going to put the clamps on Luka. He's going to get doubles left and right. And I just don't trust the rest of the team to put up the scoring effort to really beat the Clippers. So I'm giving away my pick a little early. I think this is going to be a quick series. I think it's going to be like five games. I really, wow. really like the Clippers in this matchup. Um, I, yeah, I just don't see it. I think they're going to be able to to just isolate Luca on the on the defensive end, make it the make it the game plan all about him. And I don't trust anyone else on the Mavs really to win any games for him uh, outside of that. Pat, who do you think is? I honestly think that the Clippers might be the most talented team in the Western Conference right now. When you think about everybody clicking at full strength, overall health, yada, yada, yada. In this wasteland, this hellhole that these teams have to go through, which that is the gauntlet of the Western Conference playoffs, they seem to be the deepest and the most well-equipped for a deep playoff run, but they're kind of like the Browns before last season. Nobody wanted to, or the only reason anybody wanted to not pick them was because of uh, some, some stinky cheese that's that's carried with them for uh for what the better part of 60 years with the Clippers have not been to a conference finals, Pat in over 50 seasons. Let's just say I was uh, on the same mind track as you, as far as the Clippers being the most talented team in the Western conference, I was thinking the same thing. And let's just say spoiler alert there. I know what you mean though. In that Browns comparison, uh, 
But then my dumb basketball brain goes back to Kawhi Leonard and is like, Kawhi can do it. You know, like Kawhi can carry Yeah, him. like Kawhi's done it. Yeah. Cool. yeah so if we're, if we're talking bit... Kawhi or Baker Mayfield's Kawhi, then that's that's that's, <laughs> that's kind of mean to, to Kawhi Leonard. This is a little disrespectful right there. No no disrespect to Baker on the other side, but the guy, the guy has carried the team to a, to a championship. But the Mavericks, looking at the way they got things done, 9-14 and 14 start. They get back to the fifth seed. They figure out a way to piece together another fantastic offense, Pat. 116.6 points for 100 possessions this year. That was a uh, top five, top seven clip throughout the NBA. But against this Clippers team, like you said, the matchup is just too tough. With my pick right here, I got to go with the Clippers in six games. I do think they get six games, uh, nice healthy two losses if Porzingis and the rest of that Mavericks roster can stay healthy through this series, which who knows with the with glass lower body, Kristaps Porzingis. But when you have a guy like Paul George, a guy like Kali Leonard that can really clamp down at this point in the season, and we saw that kind of intensity the other night with the LA Lakers and the Golden State Warriors matchup, it's just going to be very difficult. And right here uh, in the story from Yahoo, George defended Doncic for a total of eight minutes and 37 seconds in the regular season, held him to 17 points on 16 shots, which is – Tracked with the NBA uh, NBA metrics that aren't necessarily super, super attentive. It's kind of like as the closest defender kind of thing. But you get the gist of that. Paul George can can clamp down if he needs to. And I think he's going to be able to here. We're not playing in a bubble. We won't have depressed Paul George, the pandemic P. I don't think Paul George has played in an all-NBA level this year. He has quietly had a, uh, a rogue kind of MVP-esque season in most years. So... I'm with you, Pat. The Clippers are a four, minus 400 favorite in the series for a reason. Give me the clip show in six games. You're going with them in five? Give me five. Gentlemen sweep. Gentlemen sweep. There you go. Giving, giving Luka one uh, one game. And if they get if they get hit, they get bounced out in five, Pat, there might be some questions to be answered in Dallas. Let's do some soul searching on what to do next with Luka Doncic. We, uh, we had rumblings of Zion Williamson starting to get a little uh, a little antsy in New Orleans the other day, Pat. I don't know if we're going to start hearing that out of Luka Doncic, but as a small market guy, I don't want to see that. Keep keep uh, keep feeding the beast in terms of putting pieces around this guy. Moving to the 3-6 matchup, starting in the East, the Milwaukee Bucks and the Miami Heat, Pat. Oh, my, oh, my. I saw somebody tweeted, why would Mike Budenholzer sign his own pink slip? Out of the uh, SoFi, is it the SoFi or Fiserv Arena? Yeah, that's what it is. Why would he sign his own resignation letter by trying to play the Miami Heat here? Very interesting choice after his team was, I think, gentlemen, yeah, gentlemen swept last year by the Miami Heat. Lost Giannis Antetokounmpo down the stretch of that series. Eric Spolster and the rest of the coaching staff, along with this deep roster, stifled Milwaukee in the 2020 series back in the Orlando bubble. But overall, this Bucks team is humming at will. We've talked about Drew Holiday, the addition of him being a great, great positive. He's been a huge factor in their on-off numbers this year. Had a solid, solid all-star type of season, arguably all-NBA, but there's only 15 spots for those guys. And then Giannis Antetokounmpo, 28-11-6 on 33 minutes a game. The guy was just as – he's been just as good as he was last year. And overall, they've been a, a crazy good team. Top five offense, top ten defense. And that's going to make you a true contender in terms of historical factors. When you think about teams that have to have those metrics to lift the Larry O'Brien trophy. And on the flip side of that, Miami Heat, same old, same old. It's kind of a uh, point point type of team, type of Spider-Man situation meme here with uh, with Drew Holiday as the cop on the left side of the uh, of the police car. And 
the Heat, Duncan Robinson, Andre Iguodala, Bam Adebayo, and of course, Jimmy Butler. The same characters that took out this team last year are leading the way here. Tyler Hero also in the mix there as well. He is, uh, he's been really heating up from three of late down the backstretch of the season. And the Miami Heat team started 7-14, and 14, but obviously with that issue at the start of February, everybody was like, all right, when are they going to start picking it up? They eventually did, and... You get them into the sixth seed, but this is probably a team, Pat, that in a normal year would have been around the four, three to four spot, especially with how great Jimmy Butler played when he was available uh, and able to get through those injuries earlier in the year. He was at an all NBA type of level on defense, offense, one of those rare guys that's going to go out there and put up 22, seven and seven, the old LeBron James special every single night for you. Just so rare. One of the best winners in the league. And now we get to see who has the advantage in round two just a year later. This matchup is perplexing to me. The I know, Pat. I'm still wavering. I've had all my picks set except this one going into this conversation. I'm going to see if see how you uh, see if you swing it all. The Heat feel like they are limping into the playoffs. They feel like yeah. they've kind of limped through this entire regular season. And that was kind of the same story last year, though. I don't think they came into the playoffs as this hot sort of Cinderella feeling team. They didn't have this team of destiny feel. There's nothing really about it. They just showed up in that series against the Bucks and beat them. And it was kind of strange. I remember last year I was riding the Bucks every single game throughout that series because I just couldn't believe what was happening. But every night the Heat just made better shots, made more shots, played tougher defense. It was a very wild thing to see. And so that's what confuses me this year is I want to take the Bucks, and I think the Bucks will win this series handily just because of the different seasons they've had because we seemingly have a healthy Giannis who's going to go in there do his thing. Bam hasn't had that progression in the regular season, and I think maybe a lot of people expected him coming off of that whole run through the bubble. Hero hasn't taken off to be a 20-point game score as maybe people expected him to be. Uh, everyone has just sort of stayed where they were. But is this it's the same Heat team, though? Is it the Heat team that just matches up better and is just better than the Bucks over a seven-game series? Will that just materialize again, to be obvious? I don't know. I don't know. So yeah, it's like it's basically the same team besides what Jay Crowder mostly. And they might they've obviously they probably missed, missed a couple other guys, but Jay Crowder was the only real piece that they left off of that finals team last year. Same core though, right? Jimmy Butler, Adebayo, Hero. Dragic, Duncan Robinson, and you know the yeah. same. I think whoever's going to be there probably uh, on the last minute of the game. You know, so I don't know. You got who? Who were you leaning to before this conversation? Where are you leaning now? I, I like to hear your your. I was leaning like fifty one percent Bucks and seven, but uh, yeah, we're going at that. We're going to go with Bucks and seven. <laughs> I, I believe in Drew Holiday. I believe in the Drew Holiday effect. I believe he is enough to sway the series here. Just here we go. I'm going I'm to say four words here, Pat. Eric Bledsoe, Drew Holiday. There you go. That's all you need. Eric Bledsoe, Drew Holiday. This guy is going to be able to defend at a high level against Jimmy Butler or the guards in Goran Dragic, the hero. He's that versatile of a defender on the defensive side. And he's a top 25 player. He is a great overall offensive player all-around skill type of guy that is going to be able to get buckets, can get to the rim when he wants. He's a powerful driver, can work in the post, one of the better post-up post guards in the NBA. 
And he's a, he's a player that's going to be able to settle them all down in the half court. Eric Bledsoe never did any of that in the playoffs. The dude was a walking train wreck. He was a head case whenever he had to get things done in the final five minutes in terms of crunch time ball games, which is what you're going to be playing in the playoffs with how tight these matchups are between these teams. So when you think about Holiday in that addition, creating a big three, along with Chris Middleton, who I have to shout out here, having another great season, very efficient, one of the better offensive talents in the NBA at the forward position, and he can get the job done, I think, as a sly, slinky type of snake in the grass in this series. We saw him try to keep them afloat last year against Miami once Giannis went down. wasn't quite able to do it, but I think that big three is enough to overcome a Miami team that is a little bit worse, I think, this year than they were last year, although Jimmy Butler has elevated his game. And what are we going to get from Bam Adebayo? Can he continue this upward trajectory? And especially, can he continue that on the defensive end? I'm picking the Bucks in seven here, Pat. But if Bam Adebayo can flummox Giannis Antetokounmpo just a little bit, get him out of his rhythm, and make him turn into a bit of a jump shooter as a forward, then they can easily flip that into a heat in seven or heat in six. It's very possible. I'm going with the Bucks in six. And I think I like what you said about Drew Holiday. Uh, if anything, I feel like the heat maybe got a little bit worse, but didn't get all that much better i do think the bucks did get better i think they learned from that moment they learned from that series drew holiday has been a positive addition to the team so i i do i'm going with the bucks and six and yeah I, the only x factor for the heat in my eyes is bam Adebayo just being an all nba first team defender type player someone who is just dominant at the rim who's able to contest without fouling and makes every shot difficult on the bucks and so he's gonna have to play you know, close to perfect on the defensive end, stay out of foul trouble and be great for that heat team. If they want to have a chance in the series, in my eyes, which was what he exactly what he did last time they played. So. Right. He's arguably the only player who's consistently over the last three to four years with the rise of Giannis into this MVP talent that's stifled him uh, night to night. That's been able to do it over a consistent stretch in the league. So that's a huge storyline to watch. Very interesting. I, uh, I don't think, the Bucks should be a minus 275 favorite in the series. That's for sure. The Heat plus 225. I think there is some value there, especially when it's it's going to be so tight. And obviously the Heat goes without saying here. We're not going to dive into this much. They have the coaching advantage. That goes without saying, especially in the playoffs. I'll believe it when I see it, but I'll believe it when I see it. Speaking of believing it, when you see it, the Portland Trailblazers in this team, can they figure out a way to – overcome the Denver Nuggets like they did in the Western Conference semifinals, an epic seven-game series that I think we might get a preview of uh, or we might get a rewind of in this upcoming matchup and get back into true contention with Dame Lillard and the Portland Trailblazers. It's kind of a fluke conference finals trip that, uh, that they went on a few years ago, but they're hitting their stride right now. The Portland Trailblazers have been playing very well. Damian Lillard averaging 29-4-8, shooting almost – uh, 45, 40, 90 from the field and finish strong, Pat, winning 12 of their final uh, 10 of the, excuse me, winning 10 of their final 12 games, just lost on a, uh, on a pair of back-to-backs plus 12.9 net rating since late April. The defense has kind of come back in the form for Nurkic. It seems like he's able to anchor them a little bit. The two man guard game is cooking. They are getting healthier. Carmelo Anthony's played very nicely off the bench in that role this year in terms of uh, accepting that as an older player. I don't know, Pat. This one, to me, might be my most anticipated series, to be honest, of the first round. 
because I, there's so much star power when you think about uh, Damian Lillard, CJ McCollum, and on the flip side, Denver, which won the season series against Portland 2-1. Um, not too much to glean there, but a little bit more than the uh, the rest of the series because it was a mostly healthy squad in those matchups. But Jokic in those games, 34.8, 6.8 rebounds and 4.8 assists per 36 minutes, just putting up a monster, monster session on the Portland Trailblazers. But obviously have the MVP in Jokic, 26-11-8 on the season, 57-40-87 splits, arguably the greatest offensive season by a center in NBA history at six foot 11, 284 pounds. Aaron Gordon there, Michael Porter Jr., the X factor in this series. If he lights it up in his first true test in a major playoff role, they're going to, I think, probably get this job done in six or five. But we shall see if the uh, final month can carry over into the playoffs for the average 25 points per game, Pat, on 58 51 85 splits. Hello, Tony Snell. We'll see what happens with this. Denver Nuggets team that picked up Austin Rivers has been a nice piece off the bench. Rookie old man Faku Campazo has played feisty defense as a fill-in guard for Jamal Murray, who had he been on this team, Pat, I placed my I placed my future on the Nuggets in uh in mid-January. And I think two weeks or, or not mid-January, mid-February, early March. And I think two weeks later, Jamal Murray went down with a torn ACL. I thought they were the team to beat. I thought they were the team of destiny this year in this brutal morass of uh, of 2021 NBA basketball, but a loss, it, it's probably going to be too much. Although I've, I've, I've gone on a long rant here. I've been too long-winded. I'm, I'm giving my pick away right now. Give me the Nuggets in seven games here, another seven-game series, and what's shaping up to be, in my opinion, one of the best NBA playoffs we've had in a long time. This is going to be a great series. It, I tear rolls down my face every time I think about the Nuggets and not having Jamal Murray because I was right there with you. I really think they had one of the most talented teams it was going to be so exciting to watch them play. And without Jamal Murray, that makes this a much more even series. Put the put the stake through the heart now. It's a much more even <laughs> series. And I, I, I think it's going to be a seven-game series. I'm right there with you, Russ. I, it, this is going to be the, – the whole storyline when it comes to the Nuggets is Michael Porter Jr. in my eyes. We know exactly what we're going to get from Nikola Jokic, and I don't think he's going to be able to carry – a team through a seven game series, you know, maybe even the first round without Michael Porter Jr. being a great player, you know, an all-star alongside him. He needs to put up 20 a game. He needs to be efficient from the field and he needs to just be that second presence on the court, on the offensive side to help Jokic, you know, set up the other three for success and Will Barton and, uh, and the likes of them. So I'm excited for, for the series, I think it's going to be like a high scoring, a high electricity, a lot of just great individual play. That's what you have. You have so many stars on the court in this matchup. So I'm going to go with the Trailblazers, though. I don't think it was a fluke. I love Damian Lillard. I'm a little bit nervous because they got so hot at the end of the at the end of the play at the end of regular season when so many teams just didn't care teams were just like tanking teams didn't want to be there and that's when you know the, the really the blazers were able to find their way into the sea that they are now so that part makes me nervous and that they're not really for real uh at the part on par with the upper end of the western conference playoff teams but i think i'm changing my pick i'm kidding i'm changing my pick i talked myself out of it trying to talk myself into it nuggets <laughs> i had a little stat to drop on you pat for nuggets uh, and seven Nuggets at seven. I like it, Pat. Nuggets in seven. I think it's the way to go. Nurkic, when matched up with Jokic over the past four years, 
Jokic has put up 93 points on 73 shots, according to Yahoo, 23 assists to 17 turnovers in 53 minutes over nine games. Pat, the Nuggets have averaged 145 points per 100 possessions in the in that time. So, yeah, we're going to be seeing some points in this game. I don't know if anyone can stop Jokic right now, let alone uh, Yusuf Nurkic, who does not seem to have a handle for his former teammate at all since leaving Denver and uh, and going to the Portland Trailblazers. But the, the issue for the Denver Nuggets is that closing lineup in a series that's going to be so tight in a decade, a time, an era, a legendary myth that we live in, Pat, known as Dane time. You never like that. You never like if the opposing final crunch time five is not rock solid. We thought it might be Jokic, Murray, Porter, Gordon, and Will Barton, which was plus 16.8 per 100 possessions when Murray was still available. Now the only guy who's basically locked up a spot so far is Jokic and Porter. So, yeah, that's an issue. Will Barton missed the final 13 contest with a hamstring strain. We'll have to see who comes out of the crew of Campazzo, Michael Green, Austin Rivers, Paul Millsup, and all that. And it, it's going to have to be somebody good. It's going to have to be a good combination. Test the skills of Mike Malone here because the opposing lineup for the Portland Trailblazers, final crunch time five of McCollum, Lillard, Powell, Covington, and Nurkic, it's plus 13.3 points per 100 possessions in non-garbage time this season. So, Issue there, but I think Jokic, Porter, and some collection of guys is going to be able to do enough offensively to overcome that. And especially when you think about that number I brought up with Nurkic earlier, really tough to see um, him being able to stop the MVP, who has been a great playoff performer too, Pat. People are like, oh, we're going to regret giving the MVP to Nikola Jokic because it's going to be forgotten. Like giving the MVP to who? Chris Paul would it be forgotten too. The guys had just as much freaking just just as much just as much success in the NBA playoffs. So, like, get that out of my face. Jokic is averaging four, ten, and six or seven on on the high efficiency in the playoffs, and especially in that great series with the Blazers a couple of years ago. He was lights out in that game seven, double overtime, played like sixty minutes or something. The guys, a, the guys, a walking robot from uh, from Serbia. And these Serbian-led Nuggets are minus 120 against the Blazers, plus 100. Another tight, tight contest, Pat, as we move along here in the first round to the Brooklyn Nets and Boston Celtics. 2-7 matchup. This one, I don't think has much to talk about, to be honest. It's going to be a pretty quick bloodbath in my eyes. The Brooklyn Nets this season have only had their best players for eight games, Pat. 202 total minutes. With Kevin Durant, James Harden, and Kyrie Irving, they have been lights out with those players in that stretch as Irving kind of been leading the the pack this year, the healthiest guy of the three, although taking some time off every now and then to go hang out with the family. He dropped the old 50-40-90 on 25 points per game. Only Stephen Curry, Larry Bird, and Kevin Durant have done that previously, Pat, so pretty good little little, uh, trio to join there as the uh, the Brooklyn Nets with Steve Nash doing a really great job as head coach. This team to be the second seed in the uh, in the Eastern Conference with all the issues they had trying to integrate a former All Star in Blake Griffin, who now is probably their second best defender on the team. With how uh, banged up they've been, a lot of young guys like they were they were running out Bruce Brown, Landry Shamit, Nick Claxton, and DeAndre Jordan for a majority of the games this season, Pat, and getting the job done all the same. So the Brooklyn Nets had a nice nice season. Uh, overall, and they match up with the Boston Celtics after a 48-24 and campaign. That, on the flip side, had Boston finishing out at a 
rough 36 and 36. Everybody says the sky is falling in Boston, yada, yada, yada. But I don't quite see it, Pat. We saw what the ceiling of Jason Tatum can be the other night. He just has to, I think, integrate some more playmaking facilities into his game to really up that ceiling and, and get him to the MVP level type of player that I think he could he could definitely reach in the next couple of years. But a 36 and 36 record, Evan Fournier comes to the team out with COVID. Jalen Brown, season-ending wrist surgery in, in April. Robert Williams, turf toe, re-aggravates it again in the play-in game. So a team that's just been kind of snake-bitten all year. Marcus Smart had a calf strain of his own. Tatum had COVID himself, said it really affected and still affects his breathing and overall um, playing patterns to this day, although he has had a career season almost across the board statistically. Pretty crazy to have all that happen in this just janked up type of year. But that's just what it's been, Pat. Jank for the 36 and 36 Celtics who have made the Eastern Conference Finals. Surprisingly, when I, I've heard this stat banding around a lot the last few weeks, three out of the four last Eastern Conference Finals have had the Celtics in it. You don't think about them being that successful because obviously they're 0 for 3 on getting to the finals, the NBA finals in those uh, those trips. I think this is going to be a bloodbath, just like you mentioned it. It's not going to be close. I'd be honestly shocked if the uh, Celtics won a game. I do think it's funny, though, that we keep forgetting that Kemba Walker like plays for the Boston Celtics. I forget it all He's the time. lately, too. His impact has uh, never quite been what people expected it to be for that team. So, yeah, it's uh, I'd be, he's going to have to have a monster performance. I'd be shocked if. I'd be shocked if the Celtics can pull one out. The Nets are just so good, so stacked. And you said when those three uh, in Harden, Durant, and Irving have been on the court together, they've been electric. They've been incredible. The best team in the NBA. And so, yeah, I'm going with the Nets here. Got nothing really more to it there. Minus 1,400 favorite, Pat, are the Nets in the series. Celtics 8-1. to one. So Vegas agrees with you there. I'm going to agree with you as well. Give me the Nets in five, a little gentleman sweep. I do think. Tatum could go nuclear one game and match the scoring output maybe from the uh, from the big three, but I would be maybe a little surprised even if my prediction hits of a, of a five-game session. This is going to be pretty swift in my opinion as long as the All-Stars for the Brooklyn Nets can stay healthy here and carry them to victory. Kimball Walker, though, big shot to Kimball Walker. He had a big game the other night, 29 points, and played really well down the stretch when the Boston Celtics needed him. But unfortunately, like so many times with the Charlotte Hornets, Pat, maybe a little bit. Uh, a little too little too late for Brooklyn or excuse me for Boston in their 36 and 36 campaign closing out our full previews before we give our conference finalists and our NBA finals picks and in this weekend edition full special NBA playoff preview edition of Ryan the three by three the two-seeded Phoenix Suns Pat have not been to the playoffs in 10 years and who do they draw after going a crisp 51 and 21 the damn seven-seeded Los Angeles Lakers, who will attempt to become the lowest-seeded NBA playoff team to make a finals since the 99-8-seeded New York Knicks. The the what do they call it? The, the one shining moment tape. The the, the championship tape started uh, on Tuesday night or Wednesday night when LeBron James uh, stuffed some of Steph Curry's own medicine in his face with a 34-foot dagger in the 103-100 victory to win the game in the final minute. This Los Angeles Lakers team has been through the ringer this year. They've been banged up left and right. LeBron James missed the most games of his NBA career, yet here they are with a chance at a young, inexperienced playoff or NBA team 
in the playoffs for the first time since 2010. This Lakers team uh, lost the season series 2-1 to the uh, to the Phoenix Suns. Obviously, there were a bunch of guys missing in both in all three of those games. But the Suns had that 8-0 record in the bubble. They get things cooking. They go through the season very well with Chris Paul, who is basically a cyborg just like LeBron James. He's averaged the same numbers over the last five, six years as he had when he was in his pure prime at 30 or at 25, 26 years old. So he's been amazing, really stuffed the uh, the contract critics, me included, uh, down the gutter with his play on that deal. And add Jay Crowder, you add a guy like Chris Paul, you bring in Dario Saric for a more enlarged role. Macau Bridges keeps developing. You have Devin Booker, who's always been Devin Booker, and DeAndre Ayton picks up the pace a little bit well or a little bit better on the defensive end under Monty Williams. You get a team that goes 51 wins in a 72-game season, Pat, but unfortunately they match up with this Lakers team that was uh, was cooking to start the year. 21-6, and six, and then Anthony Davis gets Achilles tendinosis. LeBron James suffers a high ankle sprain, misses 20-plus games. All amidst that, they still had the number one defense in the NBA, 106 points allowed per 100 possessions. And to me, this is a team that is kind of – wounded they're a little down but the reigning champions are never going to count them out it's very tough to uh to gauge this playoff series because i don't want to discount the suns but i also don't want to spit in the face of a decade of uh of evidence from mr lebron james absolute miserable draw the suns got in this uh matchup like you just laid out and i don't know what to say i don't know how to console them because uh, it's just brutal i don't know how you stop Anthony Davis and LeBron James still at whatever speed they're playing at, just their uh, their ability to play back to the basket, their ability to win one-on-ones. It is just a old-school classic putting the ball in the ring type deal when you're playing the Lakers and two guys like that with just the size and the ability, the way they can operate and move guys around them. They can play just flawlessly through the pick and roll, which is really such an important part of you know modern-day basketball, especially with the size that they can do it at. They're a way to defend it. It's tough. I mean, it's just brutal for the Suns. And even if they make it through this series, they're going to have to come out of it having gone through you 12 rounds with LeBron and Anthony Davis and the Lakers. It's going to be an epic run for LeBron to make it through, but he still feels like the one seed, right? It still just doesn't feel like it matters. Every time we watch him, he goes to the championship. Every time he's in the playoffs, he wins. So it's hard to get over that fact. Did you did you lay out the odds already? Can you can you spoil those for us? What the Vegas yeah Lakers are? minus one forty five favorite Suns plus one twenty in this series and uh, also a little heads up a uh, little caveat from last night Pat or on uh, on Wednesday night when people are hearing this Matthews part of the closed lineup and not Dennis Schroeder who was their big pickup this offseason. it paid off though he comes in and, and makes a lot of gritty plays they they close the deficit down the stretch. And that might be something to monitor, especially in this series where if there's any series that the Lakers are going to have any chance to experiment, it's going to be against the young, inexperienced team that hasn't been in the playoffs in over a decade. Unbelievable. I, I mean, Vegas having freaking the Lakers as favorites just has me – as blows my mind, and, and that's what just doesn't settle me. And you what think matters? About the, Nothing matters, Pat. It's, just, they're, matters. They're, it's Thanos. They're inevitable. It's just inevitable. <laughs> Vegas always knows. They they knew they knew the Grizzlies line was going to be exactly four. They knew that the Lakers line would be exactly two and a half. Vegas just knows, and so Vegas having that line 
I think means a lot. And so I, I want to pick the Suns and I want to say that they're going to have, you know, just an advantage in the youth and in the guard play. They play a little bit different, but I look at the Lakers and it just feels like there's going to be some unforeseen beast that comes out. There's always somebody that plays alongside LeBron really, really well. I just can't I can't get over the mental the mental hump of picking the Lakers to lose in this round as much as I want to. But I do think the Suns will go to seven with them. DeAndre Ayton is he's gonna have to have a huge just like coming alive moment. You know, it's going to have to be somebody on the Suns that uh just shocks the world, plays you know, Devin Booker going for 35 a game. They're going to have to have some type of heroic performance to beat this Lakers team. That's that's the only way I can see it happening. Barbecue chicken, Pat. That's what our guy uh, DeAndre Ayton and the rest of that Phoenix Suns <laughs> defense is going to look like against Anthony Davis. Like you're going to put, uh, you're going to put Dario Saric on Anthony Davis. I mean, there's no answers. Frank Kaminsky, <laughs> Jalen Smith, the rookie, drafted him tenth overall this year over Tyrese Halliburton. <laughs> it's just you're not. It's nothing's going to work against Anthony Davis. He put He's that the on biggest. display a couple. Or sorry, what were you going to say about? I was just say he's the biggest mismatch in the NBA right now, probably. He's right, just- especially if he's going to be engaged like he was down the stretch of that game where, like, there was that sequence, I think, with about two and a half minutes left. Uh, one of the guards for the Lakers bricks a three. Davis runs to the end line, taps it back into himself, pushes off his outgoing out-of-bounds leg, gets back in bounds, and just slams it home like he's a one-man offense. And that's exactly what he was in their last victory just a few weeks ago without LeBron James where AD dropped 42, 12, five assists, three blocks, and three steals. He was a walking nightmare for the Phoenix Suns, and that's exactly what he's going to be. Hopefully, he knows that he has to be that as well for them to get the job done here. I got the Lakers, obviously, getting the job done. I I like Lakers in five, to be honest. I think it's going to be swift. It's going to be quick. It's going to be clean. They move along to our final section of the podcast. Let's get these out and get into the weekend, Pat. Your conference finalists. Go. I'm going to be laying kind of chalk here. Uh, I'm going with – I can't let me make sure I get the Western seeds right. But uh, with the East, I picked it before the season. I'm sticking with it. It's going to be the Sixers and the Nets. Uh, I don't really see other any other way around it. They're just two clearly the best two teams in the East in my eyes with the best players in every series. So I think that one's pretty clear. I'm going – with the Lakers and then I'm going with right okay so I got this right we're going with Lakers Clippers we're going with the matchup of LA in the Western Conference in the Western Conference Finals I think it's going to be epic I think we're going to get what the people want and uh it's going to be great I think it's just going to be great basketball I'm going with the NBA is going to win this uh the winner of this playoffs will be the NBA with the matchups we get in these conference finals Wow, Pat. How about that? So I'm rolling, uh, funny enough, same as you. Lakers Nets, <laughs> as I predicted, uh, or excuse me, Lakers Clippers. I just gave it a spoiler right there. Lakers Clippers and Sixers Nets. Like I mentioned, Clippers, I think, are the most talented team in the NBA right now. And I'm not going to be betting against LeBron James. It's plain and simple. Why would I do that? I, I tried to do that a little bit last year on this podcast. Stupid. Absolutely I've done it plenty. Yeah, I'm not doing that. Sixers Nets. Sixers have a one-way ticket. To the NBA Finals, or not the NBA Finals, the Conference Finals. It's it's amazing. Like they're going to be able to play whatever walking dead body comes out of this Wizards Pacers series, and then they get the Knicks or the Hawks. Good night. That's going to be a five game series. Either one of them. Nobody has any options for Joel Embiid on that roster uh, across the twenty four guys in that four or five matchup. So the Sixers get there easily, and the Nets. 
just too much firepower. I think they outlast the Bucks, and it's just a little bit too much for Drew Holiday to muster in terms of his own offensive plan. And I would take Steve Nash over Mike Budenholzer right now, along with all of the offensive talent, obviously, that the Nets bring. So Sixers, Nets, Clippers, Lakers, and my finals pick and champion, the Brooklyn Nets outlast the Los Angeles Lakers in six games with James Harden being the NBA Finals MVP. I think that's how it goes down, Pat. The uh, the Brooklyn Nets make a good – or the Lakers make a good run at defending their title. But in the end, offense outlasts defense. I think I had the Lakers going back-to-back at the beginning of the season, but I'm, I'm going to flip it and go with the Nets here over the Lakers. And we'll see if, uh, see if, I, see if we can go wire-to-wire wire with our picks uh, from the beginning of the I'll season. I'll sway from you just a little bit. I'm going Knicks-Clippers or I'm sorry, Nets Clippers. Um, I think I think that Kawhi and Paul George, the duo of them, will be enough. I think that's going to be a great seven-game series. I think the Lakers just are going to be too old, and I don't see it in LeBron. Kawhi has that type of killer mentality that I'm really looking forward to. I think he's going to arise to the occasion in this playoffs. I do think uh, the Nets are going to destroy the Bucks. I don't really don't. I don't think that's going to be much of a series whatsoever. And, uh, yeah, the Nets are the best team in the East. The Nets are the best team in basketball. They have the best players in basketball. The Brooklyn Nets will win the uh, NBA championship. There it is. We kind of skipped the 1-8 matchups because they're not going to be very much of matchups, to be honest. It's just it's, it's not going to be very close. Maybe the Jazz get a little little feisty with the Warriors, the Grizzlies, but we don't know who they're going to be playing, so we're not going to project that. It's very unlikely that the 8 seed uh, takes out either of the one seeds this year or any year, even though uh, it did happen with the 99 Knicks. We know we know you guys are there. We're not we're not forgetting about you. But for everybody watching and everybody listening to Run 3x3, we thank you for tuning in to another episode. For Patrick Fetch, I'm Russ Heltman. I got the Nets. He has the uh, – you, you have the Nets as well, Pat? Yeah, yeah. Both have Nets. the Nets. Both have an L.A. Finals team in there, just the opposite teams from across the hall at Staples Center. So we'll see how it all plays out. Can't wait to get it cooking. we got the play-inter games wrapping up over the next couple days and the playoffs tipping off first-round action on Saturday and Sunday. Can't wait. We're, We're rolling into one of the best times of the year. NBA playoffs getting rolling and NHL playoffs in full swing. We've been watching all of it. For Patrick Fetch, I'm Russ Heltman. Have a great weekend, everybody.